0: I'm, all, yeah, I'm burning it up DPGC, go ahead and turn it on up. D- Radio D- 90 game 929game.com and sam and greg
1: looking forward to this year's super bowl halftime show Rihanna, but will it top last year i don't know we got to see yeah. I enjoyed it Because
0: we were not sure how that one was going to be, but it ended up being But well, the hit.
1: anticipation for that one was white hot, and it turned out to be everything you expected it to be. Yeah. And I looked then, or shortly after that, uh, the game when the video came out about, you know, they do this every year, you know, the making or putting together of the halftime Super Bowl show. And by the way, thank you for the NFL, and thank you for Pepsi for letting us play that. We didn't really ask permission, but <laughs> it was a Pepsi halftime show, so we got to give a little something there. Have you seen this? The making of that, the intricacies that went into this is different than having one artist and they they you know they block the stage and they block how they're going to move on it and so on and so forth. Even if they have a guest, like when Coldplay did it and Bruno and 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 Beyonce came out, that's one thing. But you had five headliners. Oh yeah, that were going to be doing this and a mobile stage that had to be brought in. The way they broke it down is, um. You had three minutes to get that thing get in, that done. Put, it, put it together, and that's not counting the show. And the show was only 14 minutes. But how they logistically put all that together was a great watch. I didn't see it last year when it came out. I checked it out. It came out like a month ago. I mean, I've been wanting to see this. And I looked at it. I was like, man, that made that show even more impressive. But, again, yeah, looking forward to this year. And believe it or not, I think that's the first time we played Snoop on the show. We had Snoop mm-hmm. and Dre. Might have been the first time.
0: No, oh, I think we had sneak before
1: Well, we're happy to have them. <laughs> I think we have before. Have... I think we have a moment We're happy to have them back. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929 yeah. Game, 929Game.com. 9 Eric Coleman is going to join us next as we get ready on this championship weekend. NFC first. And by the way, if you can't get in front of a TV, you can hear the games right here. Two o'clock pregame, kick at two thirty, followed by AFC championship game. You and I have talked ad nauseum about who we believe is going to be here. I think that first game comes down to one stat. Just one stat. And when you, when you hear that, and it, it kind of takes you away from the conversation about the quarterbacks and all that other stuff on you know the minutiae on the sidelines. There's one stat that I have hung on to when it comes to this game. Which one is that? The Philly D-line, the entire defensive line of Philadelphia, has double-digit sacks.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> say that but, out loud. But, 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 Each like, one of them.
0: Yeah. How about that? How about that?
1: It's like that, that baseball team that has four guys on it that hit 30 home runs. You know. So that's say what you will about what Jalen Hurst may or may not do. You know, the I don't think line play has an ebb and flow to it. You are either really, really good, or as we have talked about Cincinnati's line, Joe Burrow's been yeah, beat up yep, quite a bit.
0: Yep. And so, that's the thing you know coming into this game today. He's going to have to deal with that.
1: So, uh, We're going to talk to Eric Coleman about that coming up at 10-20. But uh, off the top here, we have on a couple different occasions talked about this Hawks team as they get ready to uh, take on Portland tomorrow night. But coming off that Clippers <sighs> loss, and, and, and listen, I'm not worried about the powers and who we play out west. You want to win those games, and you want to do what you can on um, on these road trips out west. But this team, I believe, is put together and playing for that Eastern Conference championship, which means they're going to have to jump over a whole lot of guys in front of us, who teams in front of them who most believe are better than them. And of those teams, pick and choose, they all believe are going to be that team that plays in the Eastern Conference finals. So whether it's Philadelphia, Brooklyn, I still want to say Jersey, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, (laughs) Brooklyn. Um, Boston, Boston. Yeah. You see in that game last night. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) Miami, you know, is there Milwaukee? Who do you believe? Is going to be there. And I can guarantee you that the first name does not come out of most basketball fans' mouths are the Atlanta Hawks. No. But no. all you need is a chance, right?
0: That's the thing. It didn't come out of their mouths of the year that they went to the Eastern Conference nope. final. No, you know what I mean? So, and, and we, I won't say we're there again, but we kind of right in that same place um, as it was then. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have the coaching change, but, but, but I mean.
1: I also think we, they snuck up on some folks because people didn't think Trey was going to be the, that player.
0: That, that too. That too. Uh, but they started doing some things consistently. You know, they started doing some things like we're starting to do now, but moving the ball around more. And uh, like I said yesterday, the word that uh, Coach Nate McMillan uses, like to use more, is sacrifice. And that's a word that we heard him use a lot when he, you know, was elevated to being the head coach head coach of the team. And he's using that word again. And that's a very important word when you talk about teams where you've got a, a number of people who do the same thing. You know, you got to know when is it my time to do it. When is it time for me to back out and let somebody else do it? And we've been seeing them just do a better job of that in recent recent weeks. You want to see the defense ramp up. Right. Because that's the thing that made a difference at that time, too. The, um, the defense in the late third and the fourth quarter would make a difference in those games. So that's the other thing you want to see. Maybe we'll see it on this road trip. We'll see. Uh, but Milwaukee just got a little bit tougher this week with Middleton coming back, man. Uh, you're going to see really what, what Milwaukee can do. They've been playing without that guy, and we remember all too well the impact he had on the Hawks in that playoff.
1: Again, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Let's take a step back for a second because before they had on this road trip, they had to take on the Clippers, a team who they beat the last time they were out there. But these guys came in a little bit healthier, and Leonard, 32 points. But Coach Nate, after the game, talked about preparing for those two guys, meaning Leonard and uh, Paul George. I haven't okay well early we had him you know just talking about how you have to sort of prepare for both of these guys now healthy.
0: Yeah and that they, right? and that they, they, they threw a different uh, they tried different looks defensively against them uh, to not a whole lot of degree of success, but that's what they did last night and you, you do what you can do you try doing some different things defensively you try denying them the ball if you can and make somebody else beat you. But that's the way those teams are built, and they're, they're built to be a, a contending team. Right now the Clippers are four out west, and you know we, we look to see they could be one of the teams that you have to go through in order to come out of the west this year.
1: Now, if they go out there and they start this road trip and they lose to Portland, see, this is this is the kind of head-scratching thing that makes you want to walk into traffic because these boys are looking up at the top ten teams. In fact, there's one ahead of them. They're looking up at Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. So as they approach this road trip and they get there, Um, All right, I'll tell you what, let's go back for a second. Here's Coach Nate getting ready to head on this road trip, but having it handed to him by the Clippers. And, again, his focus is on those two stars.
0: You know, this is just, uh, it's a uh, game plan, you know, offensively they were scoring with single coverage and, you know, what you try to do is mix up your coverage on uh, Paul and Kawhi and they made us pay, you know, they kicked the ball out and those guys were knocking down three, so uh, kind of pick your poison in that situation um, and, you know, they've been shooting the three uh, well here lately and, and uh, it's just one of those things where you have to Uh, Look at situations, uh, felt like Kawhi had it going. Paul was getting a rhythm, and you try to take the ball out of their hands, and uh, they did a good job of getting the ball out and uh, those perimeter guys knocking down shots.
1: Everything that he just said, can't you just say that every time and describing this Clippers team when you talk about Paul George and and, and, and Kawhi Leonard? Uh, Eric, gave me the said they were 50% from three-point range. Yeah, yeah. You know, so – Again, we're sitting here in January. Whatever needs to be tweaked, worked on, and that's people the, getting and, healthy. and that's the other thing. Now
0: we got a trade deadline that's coming up. So you know, and and people tried to ask him about that last night, and he would not mention it. He says, "You know, tra- you know, trade deadline's coming up." Coach says, "What do you feel this team needs? What would you want? What would you want them to get you more of?" And he says, well,
1: "We're not going to talk about
0: that." Yeah, well, you you <laughs> don't want
1: to say nothing about you know. Oh, we need a power forward. Well, that's going to make the person who's playing power forward feel a certain kind of well, way. So well, you're you not going to do that.
0: No, he said, I'm dealing with the players we got here and trying to get us to the playoffs and whatnot. So, you know, what are you going to do? You have that time there. Is that possibility? You know, we we'll always talk about trades for different people and who would would be most attractive and get this team something else that it would need to help them. Uh, elevate more when they get to the postseason. Is there someone out there, someone that want to make a deal with somebody that we have? Um, that's that's the thing that we, you know we're waiting to see. You keep hearing John Collins' name around. Do you want to put Bogey out there, whatnot? I, you know, we got this group together, and to me, I'd like to see just if it's if we get them healthy, what we can do. The back end to me, the the, the second unit is coming along. You know, to me, their progress got held back because there were so many starters out. And those guys were having to fill in and play some different roles. Now let's get them solidified in their role because that's the other part that was strong with this team when they ascended. The second unit would come off the bench, and uh, sometimes they could come in and, and do some things that the starters weren't doing. Um, you know, So I don't think this second unit is up to that yet, but that's, a, that's an important part of it. And to me, that's still something that's developed.
1: Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. I want to ask you a serious question right now. And if serious? you want to pass it on. Serious? Yeah. Is it serious? serious? Is it serious? Yeah. Well, I'm not too serious. Yeah. But I want to ask you a question. And if you can't answer it, maybe Eric can jump in. But let's say you're talking to somebody else who doesn't live in this city. And you're trying to d- describe this Hawks team. And you are talking about the coach. And my question to you is this. What is Nate McMillan's strong point? What is the thing that makes him a really good coach, if you want to, or a great coach, whatever you feel about him? And that could be a calming voice in the locker room, um, a a command of whatever it is.
0: I think he's pretty even keel, at least what he shows us. Now, when the doors are closed at practice, we're not in there. We can't hear what he says. But I I, I think he keeps an even keel, even when the team's going through a bad straight, you don't hear him panic, and I think that's, that, is, that is a strength because there's some coaches that will let you know some things are getting under their skin or if you know he feels like somebody's cheating him and not giving him what, what, what they need to give, you may hear a coach say something in that way. He's not that, and okay. for this team, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's a good thing. And maybe some people want to see him, want to know he's in there. Um, Throwing some chairs around us. Yeah, well, we the locker talk- room. By the way, we you were
1: talking that? about Indiana University earlier in the show. Yeah, right. You
0: know what I mean? But so, some, it, some people probably want to know that some, that some of that's going on.
1: Okay. Well, then, then let me put it this way. Yeah. The calming voice, wherever it may be, you know, on the bench, in the locker room, wherever. But is his strongest asset what he does as far as adjustments or on the defensive or offensive side of the ball, of the court, if you will? In other words, this is an offensive-minded offensive coach. This is a defensive-minded coach. Oh, this dude makes adjustments better than anybody else. Of those three, if you had to, and I'm sure you didn't think about it when we started the show today, but if you yeah. had to think of one, what would you say is his strong point?
0: Uh, I, I would say because he's a point guard as a player. Yep. Well, right. that, that's, that's probably what, 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 uh, what is probably his strong point. So,
1: having yeah. said that, yep. do you think, that's part of the reason and part of the problem and the angst that he had or allegedly had weeks ago when we all heard about, you know, some rough people getting their feathers ruffled on the team.
0: Well, I mean, it has been it goes back before that because he went out to Oklahoma to visit with Trey before the season started. How I many head coaches doing that?
1: But yeah, but that's but so
0: his star. This, so But I was saying you, you're going to try to, to get on the same page so you maybe you. You alleviate some of that. You figure during the course of the season there will be some of that, Uh but you go do something during the off season, before the season, even try to like, I don't want to like like put foam on the runway. Some of that, you know what I mean. So I think he was smart enough to do that. I don't know if it was his idea. I don't know if somebody came to him, hey, why don't you go out there and spend some time with him? I don't know where that came from. We just know that he did.
1: And it did, but and like I said, my my only wonder is that the heads that may have butted together is because they. His star player plays the same position he did. And he may feel like, hey, I've already done this. I know what will work this way. And the other one's going, yeah, that was yesterday.
0: This is the pros now. This is not Steve Spurrier down at Florida.
1: Very good way to end this one. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, (laughs) 92.9 Game, 92.9 Game.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. gentlemen, we got a guest coming on here, but I want to tell you that every once in a while, I, I'm just honored to do what I do. I have fun with this man who I do this show with and have been doing with for eight-plus years. But every once in a while, he gives me what he gives you regularly, and that's a piece of information about something. And we just sort of morphed in this conversation because we were talking college football and college sports uh, last segment, and and he just enlightened me to the change in, in, in college football the landscape and how it changed you know a number of decades ago and we will at some point have this conversation will on the we where well, will we why not I don't, I don't have a problem with it okay but yeah. again I'm just saying I loved what you ju- the last five minutes I could have sat here and and it was like being in, in a class but we got a guess we gotta we got a guess and man. who would love to be here too <laughs> he'd love to hear from you too Eric uh, Eric Coleman we haven't talked to you in a while we want to welcome you this morning thanks for getting up and um how how have you been man
3: I've been great. I've been great. It's been a, a fantastic NFL season. Uh, definitely blessed and excited to be on the show uh, with you guys, man. It, it has been a while, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited to talk some championship football weekend. Thoughts
0: about the playoffs period, first of all, you know, and what and what are your impressions of what you got to see, the emergence of Jacksonville getting through the first round? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, your thoughts about that. Cowboys, you're disappointed or whatnot. But your overall, your thoughts, uh, of the and 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 Brady and and where does he land next year? Do you want him on your team? We
1: we're gonna make it the whole show without bringing him.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, what what your thoughts of, of, of what we've seen in these playoffs up to this point?
3: Well, you know the the playoffs have been has been very exciting. You know they've been a little surprising. You know you know going back to like let's say Miami and Buffalo. You know I expected, I think everyone expected Buffalo to be making a run for the Super Bowl. And you know when they beat Miami, it was a, it was a lot closer. Uh, Than people anticipated with the third-string quarterback, uh, and then of course they were just trounced uh, last week you know, by the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, that that was a, that was a little strange. Uh, I, I always love the playoffs because this is the time that stars are born. You know, you start to see uh, people come out of their shells. You start to see like a Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you, you know, you can see that he's going to be a great one. There's going to be a lot of great battles in the AFC conference for years to come with all the talent at the quarterback position in the AFC. But um, just really overall excited about uh, the championship weekend. Uh, I think we have four great football games. And this is always, to me, this is like the Super Bowl because these are the, the two best games that you're yeah. going to find during the season. And uh, I'm super excited for it tonight.
1: Eric Coleman uh, joining Sam and Greg here at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 929 com. We'll get back to dissecting the games, but I want to ask you a question personally because Sam and I talk – you know, we cover a lot of sports, and we talk about different things, and especially when stuff happens. We like to speculate on what's going to happen next. Example, we can now talk about the safety um, things that are now part of NASCAR since Dale Earnhardt Dale died on the track and the, the things that they've implemented to make things a lot safer. My question for you is this. We all watched what happened with Buffalo on Monday Night Football and, and DeMar Hamlin. What, in your mind, do you think – should be or a noticeable change, if anything, with the way the NFL, more importantly, the medical staff approaches players' safety and how they when they get injured on the field. Is there anything that we learned from that and that we hope to see differently moving forward?
3: Well, you know, I, I think what we learned was how prepared the NFL is, you know, for, for these things to happen. You know, the, the, from having the meetings with 30-plus 30, 30 staff before the game uh, to un- understanding the routes to the hospitals, um, having a protocol, that was, that was exciting for me. I, I never knew that was in place. You know, I didn't know that it was, um, you know, that drawn out. And I thought that they did a great job of reacting to DeMar Hamlin. Uh, you know, and, and as far as that injury you know, it's tough, you know, it's tough as a player. You know, when I saw it, I was very emotional because, you know, I played the same position. I've made that tackle a hundred times and it just was a, uh, just a stroke of bad luck, I believe. So, you know, it's, it's not one of those, in my opinion, it's not one of those scenarios where, you know, you have to make a bunch of rule changes because, you know, this is a violent game. This is a physical game and things are going to happen. I I just, it's very unfortunate. I'm thankful that DeMar is is in recovery and going to get back to to being his his self. But uh, definitely a scary time. And I think if I learned anything, it was how well prepared the league is, how well prepared the the medical staffs are, and how well informed they are. I thought they did a great job with that. Uh, But, but, you know, obviously you never want to see that happen again. So, you know, I'm not sure really what you can do to make changes in it, but I, I thought they did a phenomenal job.
0: Indeed, indeed. We're spending time on the for hotline with former Falcons safety Eric Coleman. He is social. You can find him on Twitter at Eric Coleman. That's E-R-I-K-C-O-L-E-M-A-N, all lower Um uh, and, and he's got a lot of things there. He follows the, the national football. He maybe has some things for you today as he follows these conference championship games. First up, 49ers and Eagles. And let me ask you something, Eric. If you're in that defensive unit for the Eagles, how do you approach this Brock Purdy guy? who just keeps on winning is you can you do something to get him rattled
3: well I mean if I'm on the Eagles defense I'm 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 excited I'm excited about this opportunity uh, this is a, a a fantastic defense I think uh, 70 sacks this year that's the third most all-time now this defensive okay. line it just just gets after it and I think that's going to be the key for the Eagles success is to continue to have pressure on Brock Purdy, uh, they have the luxury. The Eagles have the luxury of being able to play coverage, play man-to-man coverage with a free safety and understanding that we don't really need the blitz every time for our defensive line to get to the quarterback. So uh, that, that's a big advantage, I think, on the Eagles side. But, I mean, this kid is tough. Brock Purdy, he, he, he plays well under pressure. I think he handles different circumstances well. Um, the Eagles are going to be relying heavily on their crowd noise. This is only Purdy's third away game that he's played in the NFL and and what an atmosphere he's going to be going into uh, at the link. So it's going to be an exciting game, big opportunity for the Philadelphia Eagles to advance to the next round.
1: And we had talked earlier about the sacks on that defensive line for Philadelphia. Each one of them have double digit sacks. So yeah, you're talking about them having the most or third most in in league history, but now you have to ask yourself, and we got a little bit of experience of this here in, in Atlanta. And that is what sort of adjustments will Kyle Shanahan make? to approach this defense that has been such a terror this year. Moreover, making these adjustments with a a rookie quarterback. Are you confident that can be done if you're a 49ers fan?
3: Yeah, if I'm a 49ers fan, you have the best coach for this scenario. Uh, With the speed of the defensive line, with the anticipation they have, there's no better coach uh, to to call plays offensively against that. And and Kyle Shanahan does a phenomenal job of – of putting, you know, the window dressing. I call it the window dressing when you when you, you know, do the abracadabra and then do the play. It's the same play, but it just looks so different. And he forces defenses to communicate, uh to think, to adjust to the shifts and motions that they do, and that causes a little hesitation in the defense. So, I think that he can slow this defense down by some of the misdirections some of the shifts and motions uh that that he does so well. And Brock Purdy is a perfect quarterback. He's mobile, you know. He's he he plays well under pressure. They have a ton of talent offensively with with the skill positions. So I I think this is a team where there's going to be a lot of screens, a lot of misdirections to try to slow down the pursuit of this Philadelphia Eagles defense. So uh, I, I think Kyle Shanahan has the perfect guy for it, and that's why you know this you know I host a betting show, and it's so hard to bet this game because. These two teams, you never know. You don't know if Brock Purdy is going to show up. You don't know which 49ers offense is going to show up. You don't know if the defense for the Eagles is going to be, you know, that that top-rated uh, uh, pressure defense that they've been all season long. Uh, it's going to be very exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch this game.
1: Eric, real quick, because bring our audience into the huddle as best you can. Realize you're on the defensive side of the ball. But during practices, whatever, when you would, you know, your, your offensive Teammates, friends, whatever, when they talk about a quarterback who comes in and commands the huddle, what are some of the things that they do? Now, we know about the confidence that's there, but they're intangibles, obviously, because there's no book for this. What is it that you have heard that this guy brings to that that, uh, huddle that makes him special, that most rookies don't have?
3: Yeah, well, you know, I, I believe it's that confidence. It's that confidence going into the huddle and understanding that you are in charge. Everyone in that huddle is looking for you for answers and direction. You know, I kind of went through this my rookie year in the NFL when I was playing with the Jets. Um, I was I was put into the starting lineup, you know, in training camps. And one of my coaches, he he was yelling at me. He said, I don't care if you're wrong. Just be loud and wrong. Be commanding. Everyone is waiting for you to go. And, and, if, you're, and if we're all wrong, we're all right. And, and that's kind of the thing with Brock Purdy is he's super confident. He, he's commanding of the, of the players. And that's all we want. That's all we want is direction. Understand that we're all on the same page. We're, we just want to know where to go. And that's what he does a great job of doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, he really just it. said the Hank Aaron thing. Yeah,
3: loud and
0: wrong. You just said, you just said it. Yeah, loud and phrase. wrong. Yeah. Loud and wrong. Loud and wrong. Well, in the other game now, you got quarterbacks that we kind of know what to expect from. If we don't know what to expect from Purdy in this situation, and you know, in the in the Chiefs and Bengals games, we got two guys that we know. We got a question about the the health of one, but we know what we're getting with these two guys.
3: Oh yeah, these, I mean, this is this is a, a Super Bowl right here. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow is three and zero against his Bengals team. You know, against his Chiefs team, they're starting to call it Burrow in the Stadium, and, and it's for oh, a reason. Geez. You know, Joe Burrow. <laughs> He's one of those guys that he's so cool and confident under pressure that he, he's always mellow. He he's not, never gets too high, doesn't get too low, and he has a ton of weapons at his disposal. So you look for a lot of points in this matchup uh, with the Bengals. And, and when you look at Patrick Mahomes, I mean, one of the best to do it. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and this offense do such a great job of keeping teams off balance. I think coming into this season, Everyone expected a drop-off for the Chiefs with no Tyreek Hill in the lineup, missing some of the receivers. But Patrick Mahomes has done a great job with the talent that he has around him uh, to get the most out of them. Travis Kelsey's having a phenomenal year, uh, and, and, and as well as Juju Smith-Schuster and the other role players on that team. But I do expect the Chiefs to try to slow this game down and run the football, uh, keep Patrick Mahomes in that pocket. He didn't go out of the pocket once after his injury in, the, in, the, in that last game. So I expect a lot of quick passes, run game, and trying to control the clock for the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Eric, I know. And I listen, I agree with everything you said. but Sam and I have been going back and forth with this all day long. When you look at that Joe Burrow and being the top quarterback in the league, I can't get past seeing Macaulay Culkin. I just can't, <laughs> man. I mean, the best quarterback in the NFL looks like the kid from home alone. And I mean pretty much the same age. I mean, God bless him. I mean, he got all those other intangibles that you say, but I don't know. I'm just having a hard time getting past that. Let me ask you this about this AFC right now. This is another thing that Mr. Crenshaw and I have talked about as we sit and watch what's going on right now with this with this array of young quarterbacks. It takes us back to a time when we were kids coming up when that AFC used to fight between the Steelers and the Raiders and 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 uh, who's the other team that that was big? Dolphins. All those teams that kept beating the you know what out of each other every year and those that triumvirate of three teams seem to always be in the Super Bowl and definitely in the in the championship game. Is this where we are right now with the AFC? They're gonna have the attractive side as far as the NFC and the AFC um with this with these quarterbacks.
3: I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, you look at the quarterbacks In the AFC, I mean, Josh Allen with Buffalo, uh, Joe Burrow with Cincinnati, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and then you got other guys like Justin Herbert. uh, You know, there's just so much talent at that quarterback position. And typically, there's there's always, you know, there's always, uh, you know, one difference maker, but when you get to the championship weekend, it's usually the four best quarterbacks that are playing. You know, every once in a while, there's an outlier with a a team with a phenomenal defense, like, you know, the Baltimore Ravens of 2000, uh, you look at the 49ers, this year, number one defense in the league. Uh, every once in a while there's an outlier, but most of the time there's the best quarterbacks, four best quarterbacks are playing in this championship weekend, and I don't see these teams slowing down. I mean, they're just getting better and better every year at the quarterback position, and the AFC in particular is, is, is going to be a tough place to get out of. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, if you're in the NFC, you've got to be super comfortable understanding that your path is a lot easier uh, than, than the AFC right now.
1: This is interesting, and I really want to get your take on it. I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable. As you named all these young quarterbacks in the AFC, and rightfully so, Trevor Lawrence is what's going to be next. He'll probably join this group. But the one name we keep forgetting, and it ain't like he already set the league on fire, but he's been gone a minute. What are your thoughts on on Deshaun Watson?
3: Oh, Deshaun Watson, man. You know, I figured that Deshaun Watson was going to struggle this year. You know, being out of the game for two years, it's hard to be removed from the game. Um, especially playing that position. You know, there's so much that you have to see, so much you have to anticipate, uh, and so much trust that you have to gain with your teammates. Uh, You know, missing two years of that is going to take him some time uh, to get back acclimated. I I do think that Deshaun Watson is a phenomenal quarterback. He was in Houston. Uh, He has been his whole career. Uh, Once he has a nice offseason with his receiving core – uh, getting back into the fold, getting a full offseason, getting a full training camp. I, I think you'll see strides, big strides from Deshaun Watson this year in Cleveland.
0: Fantastic. fantastic is, stuff. Great stuff. we got to give something for Eric. Let's just huh? got a question. Go ahead. No, no, no. We well, we, we, we,
1: say, talk to Eric, our producer here. Where does Lamar Jackson land?
3: Oh, I, I mean, Sam he brought it Baltimore? up earlier. <laughs> well, well, Sam brought it up earlier, talking about Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady coming to the Jets. I mean, how cool would it be for Lamar Jackson to be in New York? I I know I'll be excited about that. (laughs) No, but I do. No, I don't. You know, to be honest, though, I I don't see Baltimore letting him go. Uh, They've built their whole offense around Lamar Jackson. He's a great teammate. He's a great player. He's a a great face of the franchise. You know, if I'm Baltimore, I'm not letting this guy go out of the door. He's he's a a generational player. So, you know, I do think he'll stay in, in Baltimore for the next Five six
0: years. Yeah. Wow, thank you. Are you listening, Steve Bishotti? Uh Open that checkbook.
3: <laughs> I did that for you. Man. Open it up.
0: Open it up. I did that for you, hey Eric. That man. There you go. <laughs> Eric, we appreciate you getting so uh, getting up and getting us ready for these uh, conference championships. today. always great to ca- catch up with you. Thank hey, you, sir. Thanks so much for the time. Have man.
1: a good day, Eric.
0: Sam, Greg, thank you. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Oh,
1: I appreciate it. All right, now. See you've been helpful today. I want to get that Baltimore little take in there for you. <laughs> I don't know where he's going to land, but he, this is this is going to be one of those interesting stories in the offseason. Sam and I are going to wrap things up and uh, get you ready for today's matchups. Up next, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app.
0: This Radio 9290 Game and 9290game.com. Sam and Greg with you. All wrapping things up on this Sunday morning. It's game day Sunday morning. God
1: bless you. Thank what? you. What? What? No, oh, that's what. Well, you know what's what. We fought about this yesterday, y'all, but we ain't going to get it. I'm so happy you did that. Feed the audience. Feed us. We've been waiting for that for three months from you. And every time we're on the air, there's a game, and you just make us wait.
0: Now, the song we just heard, yes. you know what that was?
1: I, I know who it was, but why Why was there a significance? This week, why this week we, we lost it?
0: one of the founders of the band. Yes, we did. Uh, Dean Daughtry, the keyboards for our Atlanta Rhythm Section. Mm-hmm. And that's the song Champagne Jam. You ever hear about the Champagne Jams that they had here in town?
1: No, like Mr. Mitchell, tell us about those.
0: Those were in the 70s. I think there was one in 78 and 79. And these were um, over at uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium, Grant Field. And as you imagine, it's the 70s. right? You could smoke. And so there was a big cloud, big, big, massive (laughs) cloud. Wait, wait,
1: hang a second. People did smoke. They weren't allowed to smoke.
0: Well, they, they, they 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 smoke, but they they
1: just just did it.
0: That was a massive cloud over that stadium, man. I do not. Uh, with people there. I think I I'm thinking like the lineup that they had in '78. I think they had Santana, Doobie Brothers, Eddie Money, Mother's Finest. '79, uh, Heart, Heart, Cheap Trick, um, That dude owes me money. Aerosmith, Bob Seger, Dixie Dregs. Who would be the headliner uh, in that show? Uh, I don't, Bob I don't know. Bob Seger
1: and Aerosmith, back at least back in the seventies. You would know what they talked about? The show?
0: big problem was breaking down the stages back then. We well, just talked about the Super Bowl right. show and how quickly they do that stuff now. But back then, when those bands would come on and they wanted their sets, they wanted their. You, right. know, you would you would wait for a while
2: for oh, them, to set them to set those
0: yeah, things up, just, especially yeah. an outdoor venue. That 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 would that would take a while. Um, but yeah, they would have that in an Atlanta Rhythm Section. Just uh, it was really popular during that time. They had a time when they really really yeah. really swung. So. Uh, just wanted to make sure and
1: play a little champagne jam. i we used to play that down the dial. I'm surprised you threw that out there. Nice move, Mr. Yeah, Crenshaw. There we go. <laughs> um, we are getting set for a, a championship day. No, I was just saying thank you for the game day because we've been waiting on it. We really okay, have. Okay. Um, and it is a game day. We have got uh, NFL championship action going on. First game, NFC championship game, two o'clock pregame kick two thirty, and of course followed. By the AFC Championship game. Of the two, do you care one way or the other? Or are you just happy to watch football for hours. At some point, starting today at you three just o'clock, get three two, o'clock, and just
0: with, it's just watch it. Watch a couple of games, and you tune in in the game is an hour before the game because you know the next time they come on, the pre the pregame is like five
1: hours. I'm gonna tell you uh, <laughs> Super Bowl I'm, pregame, man. I'm gonna tell you something though. For the first time, probably in my lifetime. I'm looking forward to this new – well, I'm looking forward to the Pro Bowl weekend, if you will, because we know it ain't going to be just the game. Yeah. They've got all these skilled things coming up. I'm looking forward to that, man. They've made it a lot like the NHL. But well, they still play a game. All-star game weekend. They do, and they're going to have a flag football game. No, they ain't playing, no, with the pads because that's even worse. At least you know they're trying with with the flags, you know, a flag football game because we, they weren't even trying during the other one, and that's why they changed it. So I'm looking forward to all of this. That's first time that's happened, we're gonna see what it's it looks in between like. Weeks. We're gonna see what it looks like. Well, I'm looking we'll, forward yeah, to they'll, seeing they'll See when it rolls
0: out next week. What they, do we know about the NFL? It will be different.
1: What do we know? One thing, if we know nothing else about the NFL, they know how to put on a TV show. Yeah, we do know that, and so that's why I'm saying I'm looking forward to it. Expectations are high. I'm curious. <laughs> you still, you still gotta like, I, yeah. y'all got to show me something. I'm
0: still curious. This is something new, and uh, yeah, I think it's a but curiosity. But you hated the game, but we'll see. You yeah, hated
1: that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. You were so – anytime much. we brought it, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it. And listen, it a, I know, don't blame you. You know. It was insulting. Well, then they
0: brought it back, and they brought it back from Hawaii. It was like a paid vacation. At least you were going out. You're going to Hawaii. You take your family with you for a week. I mean, that was
1: <laughs> – If you had a family. Yeah, there you go. If if you had a family. Uh, I, I don't know. Would you say the majority of the NFL players are married or single? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either, but I was just, again, throwing out something that you may be able to guess at. The reason I'm asking is I think that if it's more single, they would prefer going to Vegas than going to Hawaii. And if they're in the NFL, you can afford a Hawaii trip with your family where you don't have to go to work and get away from your family, which is what you would have to do if you were in the Pro Bowl at some point. And you leave, you know, your significant other and the kids, they'd go and spend your money. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Go and spend your money. You make it sound like it's such thing. That's a what they always say. They said, "Oh yeah. yeah,
1: we get to Hawaii, and my wife is out there. She's spending my money." These, you hear that from players all the time. There's a different deal going on now that Vegas. And by the way, now that Vegas is a play in the sports world, it's fun watching all these championship and and all star games and things like that gravitating toward that city. Because it it's just you think about the way. It, why don't we have this in Vegas? Why don't we get it to you? Oh no, we can't do that. You know what will happen once the gamblers get involved. And now.
0: We found out what Washington is going to have, what a, a kiosk or whatever in their stadium next year for the NFL. What's that?
1: They're
0: going to have a place where you can do your your, your uh, sports book in the stadium. Eventually, eventually, it's coming to everybody.
1: I was just going to say, is that a Daniel Snyder? Oh, thing I, I, or? Don't where, I
0: don't know. I don't know. You said was Washington. Running. Yeah, Washington. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's. Um, Could he
1: do anything to keep himself in that position? is owner of that team. Could he do anything at this point? Uh, Because I would imagine there's a mechanism in place as we sit here that is churning 24-7 trying to figure out the best (laughs) way to remove him. (laughs) (laughs) And it's in constant contact with the league and investors and people on the board and anything else. Because this dude. They
0: haven't brought it all together yet. They're trying to get the right combination.
1: There's a phrase that, you know, I just remember a couple months back when he said, you know, he threatened the other owners one of them Kanye moves. I'm going to go DEFCON 3 on these other owners <laughs> if yeah. they start trying to mess with me. Right. I remember that. And so I just wonder, has the cast already been died? There's the, das- the, the die already die been, been cast. cast. That's I've been having a hard time putting sentences together this morning. No, really. you, know you haven't. That, I you just, just haven't. I'm talking too fast. still that one. I'm trying to find my voice here. Hey, we haven't mentioned at one point, congratulations again to Fred McGriff. Because the, the ceremony is now complete with Scott Rowland this past week being named, voted in. Voted. Fred McGriff being named in. Those are the only two. Talking about putting together a TV show, they're going to be a short one for this year's Hall of Fame induction. Yeah.
0: They can still have like a, a contributor or somebody like that a, from the broadcast wing. Somebody like that can still
1: be. D- isn't yeah. this the Joe Buck year? Um,
0: or was that last year? Mm, I think Joe Buck mm, got in. You know, that, but but they, they could still have someone come uh, be a part of it
1: that way. Again, just just surprising that it's only the one person. But then again, when you think about it and you think about the guys who are eligible and, and who's being cast this certain way or that way, steroids, um, I'm not that surprised. I absolutely believe that the next voting by ex-players, Andrew Jones, will get in. I don't know who else is sitting out there other than the guys who are connected with steroids if they decide to put one of them in. But if there isn't one, I don't understand why Andrew wouldn't be there, especially when you talk about players making the vote. Because every player that played during that time or watched, if you're a younger player during that time, they know. They know who the top center fielders were in baseball during that ten year span. And if you want to start with Griffey, cool. But you ain't getting far after that without mentioning Andrew Jones. Yep.
0: Very much, very much. Just a matter of time, we feel like we get him in there.
1: Uh, no sounder, so I'm just going to knock this. I didn't know if he was ready to hit that thing there. We good? He said, uh, go ahead, go uh, ahead. All right, man. All then. right, man, we go. And we're off. <laughs> Sam, did you know on this date, before we get on out of here, that it was recorded, the first performance of Romeo and Juliet happened. Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet yes. was performed for the first time on this date. In fifteen
0: ninety-five. Whoa.
1: Yeah. Wonder what that theater looked like. I know. <laughs> Speaking of things happening for the first time, yeah. The Raven. The Raven was published by Edgar Allan Poe. And Poe. At... More, more Baltimore. <laughs> yes. Here's something I didn't know. I want to pronounce this wrong. Lily Ukalani. She was the queen of Hawaii. Did you know they had queens in Hawaii? No, I didn't. She was the last monarch. Yeah, I mean, they didn't become a state until 1959, but they had something going on there before that. Um, this young artist started working on this day, 1920, took a job at K.C. Slide Company, uh, a young artist named Walt Disney.
0: Whoa. Yes. Yeah.
1: Started working at that place, began working at K.C. Slide Company, and was making 40 bucks a week. <laughs> I have told you that there, in, the, in the history of everything, there was a first day for it. Are you ready for this? Ice cream cones. Whoa in today 1924 were rolled for the first time on a machine. <laughs> okay that's could, a, it was the machine was patented the rolling machine was patented. It had to start day. somewhere It did in the first day of everything. Uh, 1929 this is not funny it's just some one of those things again the first time it happened. Seen eye guide dogs seen eye yeah, yeah mm-hmm. were organized on this day. Formed on this day, first time, 1929. Uh, 1936, the first class of baseball's Hall of Fame went in. You want to tell me who those guys were? How many would you, could you guess from the inaugural class of baseball's Hall of Fame? Um,
0: Cobb and Ruth.
1: Yep. You got th- one, two, well, you got a few more.
0: I'm just figuring Cobb, Ruth, Honus, Wagner, Wagner.
1: Christie. Okay. Um, Matheson? Yep, and one more, Walter Johnson. Walter Johnson. Okay. There you go. All right. uh, Happy Chandler Find the Yankees, the Cubs, and the Phillies on this day for drafting high school players. Really? Yes. And I initially, you know, my mouth opened up and I went, wow, they did that bad. But then I remembered there is a guy who's noted for being the youngest player in baseball history, and that's Joe Nuxall. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he was 15 years old, so yeah. that was a thing back then. <laughs>
0: Broadcaster for the Reds for a long time.
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, Sleeping Beauty was released on this day. Um, <laughs> I forgot to bring this up earlier when we had Tanisha to, to on because we're talking about Louisiana. But the most lopsided high school basketball game score was recorded on this day, and it happened in 1964. A high school in Louisiana won their game 211 to 29. <laughs> The AL approved the sale of the Chicago White Sox on this day to Reinsdorf and Eddie Einhorn. Um, Speaking of Illinois, Rob Blagojevich was removed from office on this day. (laughs) I bet that dude was. Rob Blagojevich and his haircut. Yeah, he was removed from office. You remember what for? No. He was trying to sell Obama's Senate seat. Among other things. And he followed in a long line of Illinois politicians (laughs) and governors, so he did what he's supposed to do. Black Panther premiered on this day. Okay. There you go. You guys enjoy your championship, I'm going to make Mr. Crenshaw do it one more time, in championship games, but again, if you can't get in front of a TV, you can see the NFC Championship or listen to it right here. 2 o'clock pregame, kick at 2.30, followed by the AFC game. I want to remind you, tomorrow night, Hawks at Portland, you can hear that game here. In fact, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Hawks are out playing Portland, Phoenix, and Utah. You can hear all those games right here on Sports Radio 92.9 the game. Eric, thank you for everything that you have done today. Mr. Crenshaw, have yourself a big week.
0: I'm back here tomorrow with Randy McMichael in for Andy Bunker tomorrow midday and then Wednesday. Don't forget, we're wrapping up National Signing Day uh, here on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Make sure you want to check in and uh, check us out.
1: And I'll be on with uh, Cannon tomorrow on Star 94 with Casting Call and with Ramona on Tuesday doing Casting Call. For everybody else, we can't thank you enough for making us a part of your morning. Have yourself a big week. It's Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com and yep, You can take us with you on the Odyssey app.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.